name's Rob, and I'm the host of Real Friends, a podcast dedicated to sharing the real stories of real friends with the belief that each one of us wants to be fully known and fully loved. Today, we switch things up a bit and chat with three of my favorite moms, Sarah, Christina, and Sandy. Not only are these women full-time moms, they also have full-time jobs outside of the home. How do you strike a balance between kids, work, spouse, friends, God, and still find time for yourself? Or can you? Listen to these three honest, insightful moms and discover for yourself. Thank you for listening. This is Real Friends. So I'm here today with three of my favorite girls, (laughs) seated from left to right, Sarah, Christina, and Sandy. The way I thought we could start things out is, first of all, I'd have you give me like a bit of a 60-second bio just in terms of who you are, tell me about your kids and their ages, and then tell me what the normal rhythm or routine looks like over the course of a week. Because each one of you not only works full-time as a mom, but you also work full-time outside of the house. And so... Let's start there and then share with me how important you think it is to try to find that rhythm and routine. Or does one even exist? A lot of questions. Yeah. Should we start yep. with Sandy or Sarah? <laughs> <laughs> Which one of my friends should I find the best first? <laughs> I know. I can go. That's fine. Okay. All right. I am Sarah. I have three daughters, age 10, 9, and 5. Um, a normal week for us. I do work full time, usually from around 6.30 a.m. to 3 p.m. Sometimes I'm there longer. Um, my husband works at a church and he will, he can usually be home by four, which is bus time if we're talking about school year. Mm -hmm. So, um, usually one of us is there for the bus. Um, once we get home, it's usually snacks. I try to go away upstairs for about 15 minutes because I know once I'm downstairs, it's just go, go, go until bedtime. Um, we're, we're involved in a few extracurricular activities like soccer and piano lessons, but mostly it's just hang out, maybe watch a show, get them outside to play a game or, you know, basketball, ride bikes whatever, just something to move the time along, is what I say a lot of times. It's like, let's just get through it. Um, If the audience here is licking in the background, that's the dog. That's not one of the girls here at the table, so we've got to explain that up front. No, that's okay. That's okay. We're here at one of uh, the girls' homes, and she has pets, so just FYI. So... um, Yeah, and so dinner in our house is a little interesting because a lot of times my husband and I have found that we'll usually feed the girls and then fend for ourselves later. There's not a whole lot. I mean, there are a few things that we will eat with them, but, you know, we usually sit down with them while they eat, but it's when we try to eat with them, it's we're getting up and down quite a bit. So, and then bedtime's 8.30, and my husband and I try to get some time together watching a show or talking, and then I'm usually in bed pretty quick. That's he, so, um, when you put the kids to bed, mm-hmm. do um, do they require, like, bedtime stories? Are they pretty self-sufficient? Mm-hmm. They'll go to bed themselves? How's that work? Um, my husband's a little bit more of a sucker than I am on that, so mm-hmm. I'm like, get ready for bed, lay down, I'll come in and tell you goodnight. So, the five-year-old's... <laughs> Because she is learning to read, will want us to read a story to her. So we do that. Um, and then prayers. And then they usually, if one of us is with them doing prayers, because we usually kind of go boom, 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 each room to do the prayers. And then the other one will come in and kiss goodnight. Now they usually try to say, hey, let's, you know, um, Anything. Yeah. Anything. <laughs> yeah. It's like, oh, yeah, can you read me? I can you hug? Yeah. Can you lay with me? You know, any of that stuff. Yeah. But I, I usually cut that off pretty quick. Now, sometimes they do want to fall asleep in our bed, which is fine. They know they can fall asleep in our bed, and then we will move them. Ah, okay. So Good. Good to know. Christina? Mm, you're a good mom. Mm. I'm not so good like that. <laughs> um, so, I'm Christina. I have two kids, five and... Two, soon to be three. Um, they're adopted. I'm single, um, but my mom does live with me, so 
a day in a life for me looks like the kids get up, um, you know, we're usually chasing them around the house in chaos until we can get them to daycare. Um, they're both going to daycare right now. And then <clears throat> we just, um, I just hire somebody to kind of come in and help from like five to eight. So when the kids get home, then they play, they eat, um, they, you know, usually take baths, brush their teeth. Um, and then usually bedtime looks like, you know, they give everybody hugs and kisses. They stall. Mm -hmm. I need, I need one more hug. I need one more kiss. Um, you know, and then we do a book. Each one of them gets a book. They have to pick out their own separate book. Um, they have bunk beds. I mean, Cooper has one room and Grayson has one room, but I find that Cooper likes to, you know, he likes to stay with his brother, you know, and so he'll usually stay in the top bunk while I'm laying down with Grayson in the bottom bunk, but they usually like to do their prayers. They like their books and then they um, mm -hmm. tend to just go to sleep until about, I'd say about 1230. We put them to bed like at 730. I'm adamant about that. Like I'm 7, 730. I put them down and um, which has been great because that gives me and my mom some time that gives me extra time to get done what I need to get done with work. Um, etc. But um, but they usually they're still like Grayson, man, that boy. Um, he will still get up like at two thirty, sometimes, yeah, sometimes twelve thirty. But he always ends up crawling in bed with Nana. Mm -hmm. He's definitely a Nana's boy. Right. But he's and we tried for a long time to put him back in the bed, and just I yielded. I gave up and am just enjoying the snuggles, or she enjoys the snuggles, and we just deal with it till morning. So, so are the boys are they involved in any type of sports or extracurricular <laughs> activities? Mm, not after school, but we do do ninja class with Sandy's kids, mm, um, and they yeah. love that. I have typically it's only for four and above, but we do. I like kind of what I want to say. Persuaded Coach Corey to let Grayson in because he's there's just no fear in that kid, and he loves to be with his brother and do whatever his brother does. You know, typical second child thing. And so Coach Corey lets him go in there with Tristan and Mia and, and Cooper, and they play, they do ninja. So that's their, it's kind of, what is it, like an American ninja? It's not like mm -hmm. a karate class, but it's mm -hmm. like American ninja, like parkour kind of, but yeah. they love yep. that. Yep. Cool. So, yep. Good. Sandy? Um, so my name is Sandy. I have three kiddos. Uh, my stepdaughter is 16 and a half. She is a junior mm -hmm. this year. And then I have a first grader who is six and a preschooler who is four almost five um let's see an average day for us i work monday wednesday and friday and then my husband <clears throat> we really do kind of work opposite schedules he works uh every day except for sunday and monday um, and he works in the mornings and the evenings because we're both self-employed uh for the most part and so so yeah i'm really in charge of getting the kids to school Sorry, my husband takes our oldest to the bus stop. She gets to school in the morning, and then I take the two younger ones um, to school. My preschooler just goes Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, and so those are the days that I work. <clears throat> um, and what else? Then after school, I pick them up. It depends on the day. Right now, we're in a season, so my 16-year-old has not been very motivated to get her license up to this point, mm -hmm. which I think mm -hmm. now yeah. that she's seeing all of her friends driving, yeah. it's becoming a new... Um, goal for her actually we talked about it it is a goal for her um and it's a goal for mom and dad too yeah, absolutely. Um, because yeah. we're doing a lot of driving and so um you know most of last year since covid honestly and starting this year she gets to take a bus to school but then we have to pick her up after school every day and so um uh each day there are some days where i work grab the little ones and then drive out to south county grab her and then come home or if my husband doesn't have clients at evening he'll um he'll grab her and come home so, and then again, with him working at nights, I, it's just a bummer. We don't get to have dinner together as a family very often. So quite honestly, mm -hmm. we really love eating out on the weekends because it's kind of our time. And, um, there's a part of me that's like, oh, we should be more frugal with, you know, our money and eating out. And then there's another part of me that's like, I just don't care because it's just something yeah. we really enjoy doing together. Um, <clears throat> so let's see, starting this year, <clears throat> the high schooler, 
she may start guitar. Um, she is not um, our athlete. She got a chance to kind of try everything and doesn't love it, but she does do swimming in the winter, which she loves, which is really awesome to see her um, choose to do that. But she's our gamer, and so um, she may do guitar. She wants to go back to youth group this year, which we're super excited about. Um, again, that's with COVID and not having yeah, the opportunity. Right. She hasn't been in the past year, and so she'll be doing that hopefully. Um, my little guy does gymnastics once a week and then ninja on the weekends. And then, uh, Mia will do, she wants to do dance this year and also ninja on the weekend. So I kind of give them the opportunity. We tried a, a team sport. We tried soccer a couple of years ago and they just didn't really, um, it wasn't their thing at the time, yeah. not that we won't try it again in the future, but I just, for us, I'm really trying to make sure to find the balance between not too much, but still keeping them involved. Because honestly, I could probably put them also in swimming and other things that I think mm -hmm. they should be yep. doing. But I'm truly trying not to overcommit, which I could see how easy that happens. Oh, yeah. Um, so, yeah. So you kind of hit on this in terms of like uh, the weekends, eating with the kids. When do you find time to eat together as a family or do you? And do you try to use that time as time to actually talk? with the kids, have meaningful conversations. And if it's not during the the, um, the meals that you have together, when do you find that you have windows or time to actually have meaningful conversations with the kids? Well, we, um, we will go out to dinner maybe once a week. But when we are sitting down together, Joel always asks them, what was your favorite part of today? And so they will go around and do that. If we don't get that time around the table, we do talk about that at bedtime. Yeah. We also ask them to name three things that they're thankful for. Good. Love it. So we do yeah. that. You know, some days there's missed, of course, but <laughs> that is what we aim for. Yeah. Good. I would love to go out and eat, but I can't. <laughs> I shouldn't say that. I can't. But Grayson's just a little... He's a handful. He's a handful. <clears throat> and to for us to go out and sit at a restaurant would just... I can only imagine the forks and knives that would be thrown across the room. So our time, though, is at bedtime. And we'll sit and talk. We have our prayer. <clears throat> Who do we want to pray for? I mean, Cooper, ever since he was two, says candy canes, balls, and, you know, somebody's name <laughs> eventually. But it's always candy canes, balls, and, I don't know, somebody at school or Grayson or Nana or somebody like that. So, um, but yeah, I find that again, if you can ask open-ended questions, like you're saying, like, you know, what is some, what was your best part of your day or, you know, um, things like that. It's good. Or even too, like, honestly, like disciplining and, you know, having those conversations with them around that, like we're having a big issue right now with sharing in our house. Like the boys do not like to share. So um, you know, it's always good conversation around that when we sit in time out and we can have a minute to kind of calm down and talk about what our feelings are and who God made us to be. And he's sharing with us. So we get to share with each other, but usually bedtimes are good. Oh, good. Good. Good chat time. Sandy. Yeah. I feel, you know, I feel like for us too, it's kind of been seasonal, you know, different seasons of life bring more time in certain areas mm -hmm. than others. I, from the time they were born, I kind of, I don't know, I'm just very a uh, routine type of person anyways. And so um, we do read a book, we read a kid's Bible story every night and then they each get to pick a book and then I pray with each of them separately and my poor children, I scold them if they interrupt me with the other, but I try to <laughs> let them like understand like this is my quiet time with Tristan and this is my quiet time with Mia and so you gotta like, I just really value that time and the time may be, you know, three minutes, yeah. um, but I just want, and Mia now has to, and I'm sure you may have experienced like getting to this age where she, I could tell it's really important to her. And, you know, mom, tell me a story about when I was young or, mm -hmm. um, you know, just be more inquisitive. And it's just fun to see their little personalities start to start to fan out. And Tristan was telling me yesterday, like, I love being a kid and I don't ever want to get older. And, <laughs> um, I'm like, but buddy, you know, if you don't get older, you don't have a birthday. Oh, well, I definitely want a birthday where I get presents, <laughs> but I don't want to turn older. And so, um, and even then too, and I, you know, I was going to say this, even as I heard them talking, I think for me, I have to be very careful at not 
feeding into some of the stuff on social media or looking at what everybody else is doing. Cause I'm like, you know, mm-hmm. am I doing enough? You know, of course there could be more that I'm doing. Um, but I did just through the summer. I'm like, are there other areas that I can do better? And so I try most of the time, at least during the week to have the TV off during dinner. And I have brought out like this little devotional and we just started it at the beginning of the school year. And it literally is like a two minute read. And I kind of feel like half the time they're listening, half the time they're not. But in my mind, I'm like, hopefully I'm planting seeds and God will take care of the rest. And um, the good thing, I think, is either way, they're like, oh, mom, this is Jesus music. Or, you know, they're starting to recognize, Mm. like, um, the theme in our home and the things that are important to us. And so hopefully everything else, you know, my prayers, hopefully everything else will fall into place. Good. um, I think that that's important. Well, I was going to piggyback off of you. Do it. Um, you know, I talked about sometimes I want to fall asleep in our bed. And, you know, there's so many nights where I'm like, I'm just so tired. I want to go to sleep. But then those are the times when they really want to talk about something. Mm-hmm. So it's like, all right, well, yeah. you know, we'll do that. But then also talking about the Jesus stuff. So my girls have the, for Christmas last year, we got them those Echo Dots. Yeah. So that they can yeah. actually stream music, like oh, cool. 99.1. So, you know, mm-hmm. they go, they fall asleep with 99.1, Joy FM. Mm-hmm. And it was Tegan, my middle, who said, Hey, so we fall asleep every night listening to Jesus music. So I think we should actually read a Jesus story every night. So they, like you're talking about the planting mm-hmm. the seeds, like she was the one that brought up, we should actually be doing that kind of stuff. Yeah. yeah. So beautiful. So it'll, it'll happen. <clears throat> yeah. You know, yeah. You, you know, you don't think it maybe, but the, right. yep. the seeds are there. Yeah. So Good. It's cool. So Sandy, you kind of teed this up. <laughs> but my next question is, how did you become a mom? I know the bi- biology behind how each of you became a mom, but there's more to being a mom than just biology. So explain to me, kind of like from the start of your first baby to where you are now, who or what have been some of the influences that you've relied upon? Was it is it purely like 90% instinct? Has it been relying on your parents, your friends, kind of like what you were talking about too? And then some of the challenges, like if you spend too much time on social media, it can almost be like a, a distraction, a negative thing, comparing yourself to other families and kids. Yeah. Like I noticed on social media this week, I don't think I've ever seen so many back to school mm-hmm. kids. There's like 90% kids going back to school. Right. So, yeah. Um, how'd you become a mom? Oh, I'm going to have to think about that one for a minute. All right. I but think it's it definitely a progression for me. Like, uh, maybe you have in your mind what it's going to look like or feel like. And then the first time your child actually gets those words out of your mouth, you're like, Oh, like, well, actually I'll give you a great example. So I obviously I'm a stepmom also. And, <clears throat> um, I got married when my stepdaughter was maybe 10. And I remember, um, when we were in our first house, uh, dad wasn't there. It was in the morning. I want to say it was before mm-hmm. school and she had a tooth that needed to come out. And somehow or another, it is not my thing. I don't even remember how it happened, but we got the tooth out. And I remember saying out loud, like, I am officially a mom. <laughs> like, it's like, it's like this little milestones where I'm like, this is not my thing. Like, even my husband, you know, like, when the kid's going to go swimming, I'm like, you know, my husband's like, I don't like swimming. I'm like, I don't either, but... I mean, for me right now, where I'm at, like, it's what you do. Like, my kids want to get in the pool. They can't get in the pool without me. So, I don't know, a progression of, now that I'm saying it out loud, like, kind of letting go of me and being more about them. And it definitely didn't necessarily happen, uh, flip a switch, and it happened. I remember also, like, one time, like, the first time going through a drive-thru and thinking like, oh, I'm supposed to get some order for somebody else, too. Like, it just didn't, it didn't (laughs) click. Not that I was trying to be you know, a jerk about it, but it was just, um, it took time and it's been a journey and it's, uh, there are parts of it that have been really painful because I recognize also a lot of the, you know, the selfishness and sin in myself. And I still do, um, Mm -hmm. catch myself on that frequently, but, uh, yeah, I guess that's an answer. Yeah. Yeah. Any thoughts? Well, I mean, kind of, (laughs) but for me, it was such a blur for three years three years once because my first two came 15 months apart mm-hmm. um was that intentional nope okay <laughs> so that was okay nope. yep. six month old at home and pregnancy test positive i was like oh okay here we go again um so that was a blur i also had difficulty 
actually knowing who I was Mm -hmm. at the same time because I went from being a single full-time, you know, career woman, you know, driven woman to age 30. And then now all of a sudden it started when I got married. Now it's not like I'm Sarah Lane anymore. Now I'm Joel's wife, you know, like that's kind of how it went because I was and because basically right after Joel and I got married, it was four months later when I got pregnant. Mm -hmm. So then it was like, all right, well, not much time later, I have a baby. Mm-hmm. And so I had to really pull back with things that I was really doing because now I have this child. And mm-hmm. so it was like my whole identity like got switched. Yeah. And then again, baby two right after. And so I felt like everything was just kind of, I'm just in survival mode. Mm-hmm. I do remember looking at social media and like really, it's like seeing horror stories of like, oh, this baby was left at this park or, oh you know what I'm saying yeah. and it's just like I was seeing all of that and like all of that was just like oh my gosh like we're gonna do yeah. that or whatever you know so that kind of stuff so that's the negative social media right um but I did you know I had I had friends that would come over and like hey well bring you diapers or I'll hold your kid or you know they would come over and babysit so Jill and I could have a date night you know that type of thing so um yeah, so probably about three and a half years after babies, I was like, oh, I can like breathe again. I mm. feel like I can do yeah. that, you know, and I can do things that I want to do. And now that they're <clears throat> older, it's so fun because I'm re- I'm remembering things that I used to like to do, and now I can do mm-hmm. it with them. You know? mm-hmm. So yeah. Yeah. I think yeah. I've said this to you Aww. before too. The yeah. first time I heard you say how like underwater you felt was really affirming to me Mm -hmm. like as another mom like okay so I'm not the only one like this is normal like to feel like I can't catch my breath or like I just Mm -hmm. can't connect with anybody or whatever the case may be yeah so it was nice to have friends be vulnerable and honest with the struggles yeah yeah Yeah. Sarah's always good with that um (laughs) yeah I know honestly like I feel like I've been a mom ever since I was like 13 Mm. I mean, I feel like I've been, like, on that path. I mean, I can even remember in second grade talking to, like, friends, and they were all talking about how they wanted to be, you know, how little girls play, and we're going to get married and have babies. And I even then knew, like, I put it upon my heart, like, I was going to adopt. Like, I even knew Mm -hmm. then. But, um, you know, when I was, I think, 12, 13, you know, my mom went away for treatment for four or five months, and so I was left, like, you know, in the home to, like, cook and clean for my brothers and my dad and all of that. So I felt very nurturing at that mm-hmm. point. And then that's just always kind of been, I think, who God, like, I don't know, wove into the fabric of my being was kind of that mom-esque personality. And so I'm always, I've always felt like that. But then it wasn't until... Oh gosh, I got, I was married once and I did have um, a stepson who I'm still um, close with. And that was my first experience of being a mom. And, you know, you learn very quickly, like, you know, it's not about, you know, that whole tough love thing, you know, is so true. And it's like, I'm not about being your friend. I'm about, you know, raising you right and raising you to respect and honor certain things, whether that be the man upstairs or whether that be, you know, just your friends and your neighbors and your community and how you're representing yourself in this world. But I don't know, I've just always felt that, you know, I just always felt very nurturing and very motherly. I don't know if my friends would say that. But... Well, ever since I've known you, we've called you mama. Yes, so, that's, yeah, true. So, that's true. That's true. That's true. So, yeah, so I've always yeah. kind of, yeah, I've always kind of felt like that. And then when I got um, divorced and all that, like, I still have a really great relationship with um, with my stepson, I still call him that. I mean, he's amazing kid. Um, but you learn very quickly, like it's not about being, it's about being a mom, not your friend and that tough love sometimes, you know, saying no is the most loving thing you can be to them. And then I was able to foster for a while and felt God calling me to every kid that came through my door, you know, whether or not they were going to be mine for that day or for that year or whatever. But you know, you love them unconditionally. So, I mean, I'm really thankful that God gave me that ability to kind of love that deeply, but it also becomes very painful because when you open yourself up to so much, it also means that you get hurt, you know, sometimes a lot more. So, um, but in that, again, God is good. 
And now I'm, you know, going to be 50 next year. And I've got two kids that I just feel incredibly blessed with that God, without a doubt, has brought to me. And I just feel incredibly honored to be their mother, you know, so. Yeah. Okay, so you've kind of touched on this topic, the whole idea of tough love. Um, What is your discipline style? Are you the timeout type person? Um, are you maybe the grounding, spanking, yelling, wait till your father or your, mm-hmm. your grandma gets home? Or do you secretly slip away into an empty room and cry? <laughs> and how do you cater your discipline to each one of your children? Or do you? Ooh, I got this one. Do okay. it. Yeah. Because Sarah actually taught me a lot about disciplining kids. So I tend to be, I mean, pretty bold personality and pretty big presence. And I found very quickly that, you know, when you match like a two-year-old or an infant with that intensity, oh my gosh, they're going to win every single time, right? They're going to totally blow you out of the water. And it wasn't until I saw Sarah actually disciplining her kids and how she'd get, she'd get very quiet and she'd get on the floor and she'd look at, what's going on? Like, let's talk about, like, I know this, you know, talk to me use your words and it was just interesting how like drawn in and how like the whole situation just kind of took like a, a just several notches down yeah. you know it was just like okay and i've used that so mm-hmm. much i source my inner sarah there when i discipline cool. so yeah yeah so i mean we do the whole time out and and all of that as well and and i mean there have been times too when i probably have you know spanked my kids but i try to do too, kind of what um, Sandy and Ryan do. Like, before I do it, I try to sit down and explain to them, like, you know, you're not a bad kid, but you made a bad choice, you know, and God, you know, designed you better than that. You know, it's not that you're bad, it's just a bad choice. And, you know, I, even though, even if they do tell me the truth after a while, you know, it's like, you know, there's still a consequence for that, that, you know, that I still love you and I still care for you and all of that. So I feel like if I can frame it up, it makes it a little bit yeah. better. So, yeah. but. I I can lose my temper though. There's definitely some yelling. Like what? Sometimes. Once? Especially uh, <laughs> when they were younger during that drowning time. I mean, I would just uh, snap, you know. And you know, they didn't even know what I was saying, which was good. Sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> right? I said some things before that. It's like, oh no. Thank um, God we're not recording this, right? right, right. <laughs> um, so I don't know. Um, I'm probably more of that go to your room, you're grounded type deal. Um, actually, I probably learned some of the, let's talk through it through Joel, because mm-hmm. you know, I remember specifically, there was a time I was so irritated because I told the girls, like, you need to put the jacket on. Like, you're going outside to play, put the jacket on. And they were just defiant. You know, mm-hmm. it's like, I'm not doing that. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, okay, whatever, do whatever you want. I mean, that was my attitude. Like, do whatever you want. <laughs> and it was Joel that went yeah. to them and said, looked them in the face and said, your mom wants to protect you. And that's why she's doing that. And I was like, I never even thought that in my head. But he put the words in my frustration. Like, he was able to verbalize my yeah. irritation. Yeah. Yeah. So we do pretty well with that. Now, sometimes... You know, I will just like, mm, I can't deal with it. I'm going to go upstairs. I'll process whatever just happened and I'll try to come back cooler, you know. But um, there was thinking early on. I don't think I've done that. That's usually more of like my I'm in the moment type heat. Yep. Um, but I think my girls, my older girls especially do pretty good. And they actually, because we've talked about this, it's like, okay, when mom's hot, like physically hot and like irritated, you know, like, I mean, they, there's certain things that they've learned. Of like, oh, mom's about to, you know, so they're able to see that and like do Set whatever. Um, the youngest is not quite there yet, um, <laughs> but she does get she she gets grounded and and she she's actually really good because she's my kid that always wants to be watching something and so that is like for her it's like for you to not be able to turn on an electronic device for a day. Like she knows, and she, but she's good about it because I'll, she'll come home and she's like, oh, I can't get on this because I'm grounded. Daddy said I'm grounded for mm-hmm. a day or whatever. Mm-hmm. So oh, she does wow. well. Yeah. So she knows. It, you know, or she'll ask like, am I still grounded today? You know, yeah. so I don't know. Yeah. Good. Mm-hmm. stuff. Any thoughts, Andy? <clears throat> yeah, I, I, I think I just try and be consistent, um, but utilize pretty much everything that you said, right? I mean, there's just been moments of everything in between. Um, 
I don't know. I think, you know, yeah, again, as they're getting older and as I can recognize that they understand more. And I think sometimes, well, as I'm getting more seasoned as a parent too, I realize that some of my frustration, well, at least 50% of the time probably comes from um, something else that might be going on with me. And I just have mm-hmm. a shorter, for sure. mm-hmm. um, you know, a shorter bandwidth at that time. And it's not necessarily, they could have done the same thing, you know, two hours ago, but I'm in a different place. And so I try and be really attentive to that. And I try and apologize when I'm wrong. Um, or, you know, if mom flew off the handle, mm-hmm. which probably doesn't happen, uh, you know, happen often enough. But, um, when to me, it's very obvious that I overreacted, I try and apologize to them when I can. I also try and teach them to apologize to each other um, mm-hmm. when, you know, again, all the bickering with siblings. Mm-hmm. And I know it's natural and everything, but I just am trying to foster um, this idea of, okay, let's talk about, you know, why you got in trouble, what you should do differently next time, and why don't you go talk to your brother about it or your sister mm-hmm. about it. And um, and they're pretty good about that. I mean, I think the frustrating thing is you're like, okay, I did my job, and that'll never happen again, right? And then, like, two mm-hmm. minutes later, the same thing happens yeah. again. <laughs> So that's where, you know, the frustration comes in. Well, and I, I actually, you know, to answer your question, probably the big thing, and Ryan started this, which I thought was great. Sometimes I physically have to say out loud, quit being so five or quit being so four, because there's so many times where, I, and even 16, I look at my kids and I want them to react the way that I would um, mm-hmm. at my age or that they should totally get what they should be doing in this moment. So if mm-hmm. I can remind myself, like, this is actually pretty normal behavior for a four-year-old or a five-year-old mm-hmm. or even a 16-year-old then it helps me keep things in a perspective and not get as maybe irate as I was, even though it still can be frustrating. Um, and the other thing I would say, I think for us, and it's not like this hundred percent of the time, but um, Ryan and I are pretty consistent. And I think uh, that's happened over time too, but it just happened yesterday. I had a friend over for lunch and my little guy was kind of acting out and I, tried to manage it in a certain way, and then Ryan stepped in, and it was funny because he did the exact same thing that I did, and my friend looked at me, and she's like, you guys are on the mm-hmm. same page, and yeah. like, we're not trying to show off because this doesn't happen all the time, yeah. but I hope that that's also helpful to the kids when yeah. they know, you know, what the expectations are, whether they adhere to them or not um, is another question, but hopefully that consistency means something long yeah. term. So you kind of touched on the second part of the question, that how easy is it to apologize to your kids mm-hmm. if you feel like maybe you overreacted yeah i was gonna say that's great that you brought that up about the apology because mm-hmm. we i try to do that too for sure like especially after i've decompressed and not you know like mm-hmm. have them come into me and say hey i overreacted on that i'm sorry we mm-hmm. shouldn't have handled it that way and then um the other thing too is i will ask them do you understand why i was frustrated mm-hmm. and then i have them tell me Mm-hmm. most of the time it's accurate sometimes it's completely right. out of like they had no idea so yeah. it's like okay well here's why I was frustrated and we've got to do a better job you do mm-hmm. and I do because I'll yeah. say that too it's like mom's got to do a better job mm-hmm. about not losing her temper or whatever yeah. it is yeah. you know yeah. so um, I think I think it's pretty easy <clears throat> to go back and do that because yeah. I mean that's taken years on my own personal journey mm-hmm. of realizing when I'm wrong and yeah. that humility and mm-hmm. just saying, hey, I, you know, I apologize. You know, that's that's my bad. Yep. No, this what you did was wrong, but I shouldn't have reacted that yep. way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Good. So. Yeah, it's so sweet too to feel like their grace <clears throat> and forgiveness over you when you ask for it. Yeah. You know, because okay. and they're like, it's okay, <laughs> mommy. I still love you. And you're like, yep. Because I mean, that's what you do for them, right? If you put them on the step or whatever, and. You say, you know, like you said, you know, why are you sitting here? And mm-hmm. Cooper gets it, but Grayson's still pretty, you know, he doesn't quite understand or he won't look at me in the eyes and kind of looks everywhere else. But they know that forgiveness and what it feels like to be forgiven. And and it's just such a sweet moment. So, um, yeah, I find that I can I can do it and it feels good to do it and to have those sweet little arms wrap around you and be like, it's okay, mommy, I forgive you. But, yeah. It's just that modeling, right? Because you don't want them to think that you're perfect, but in the same sense, you also need to own up, you know, yeah. when you haven't done yep. something and, and you need to let them know, like, you know, I didn't act appropriately and I'm sorry for that, you know? So I think yep. that's good. Good and healthy to do. So how much do you see your mom in the way each one of you parent? Oh, I don't know. Really? I don't know. We should go there. <laughs> yeah. You didn't. You didn't. <laughs> <laughs> I was actually 
actually just thinking about some of that stuff with, um, with that whole thing about the apologizing part of it. Um, you know, I remember my mom and I butting heads and I remember us both crying and like talking about things. I don't ever remember, Hey, do you understand why I was irritated? It was a, this is how it is. Mm-hmm. And I don't think that that was anything that she was meaning to do. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? It was yeah. just like, this is mm-hmm. what happens. I deal. Um, there are times, um, where I, you know, my mom definitely wanted us to have like the best experiences with lots of things. So, you know, she has, I see that with me, right? Like we have all this thing planned and like, this is my yeah. expectation. Uh, and then all of a sudden, like, it's not the expectation. And then I'm like really sad mm-hmm. by it, you know? And I remember seeing my mom that way too. Sometimes, you know, she would say, mm-hmm. well, this is what I had expected. And then it didn't work out no, that way. And I definitely no. see that too. Because, but I don't know about you. It doesn't even necessarily come out as sad. It comes out as mad. Yeah. Right? For sure. Yeah, for like, sure. It's like, not this way. And so now I'm frustrated. And there are definitely times when I'm like, this is supposed to be fun. You guys made it not fun. <laughs> <laughs> you guys made it not fun. You know? And I'm like, I think I may have heard that before. <laughs> 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 you know, which again, like, I don't think that was intentional on her part. Yeah, but it's absolutely. still just like, that's, yeah. and I'm doing the same thing. Yeah. So, but ladies, either one of you two want to weigh in on this? Yeah, I, I, to piggyback on that, I think, I hope the thing that I picked up from my mom is I did always feel unconditionally loved. Um, mm-hmm. And I hope I foster that in my kids. Um, but to your point, I think there wasn't as much communication as what I would, I'm attempting to have with my kids. And I don't know if that's generational. I don't know if it's the way God wired me because I definitely am more communicative just in general. Um, but I do see the benefit and I do just remember being confused from time to time when I was younger or just wanting more of a reason why something wasn't right or whatever the case may be. And it just wasn't up for discussion. Um, and that's still hard, right? You still explain it. And at least with our high schooler, like you still might be the worst parent in the world, even though your explanation makes sense to you. But at least I feel like if we, mm. I don't know, even with her, even when there's conflict, I feel like at least we're having conflict and it's mm-hmm. healthy conflict and it's messy and there might be feelings that get hurt, but at least we're talking, yeah. um, which yeah, just looked different for me growing up. So yeah, I'm really grateful. Um, for the unconditional love piece and yeah and just amen communication yeah I, um, okay. <clears throat> that's ice sorry um <laughs> yeah i don't gosh that's a tough one for me because again like i grew up in an alcoholic you know drug addicted family and um i felt very dismissed and again not to speak negatively about my mother or my dad but i think they were just so focused on my brothers and like what they were going through that I just was dismissed so much because I was kind of the goody two shoes or I didn't have, you know, I always tried to overcompensate for what they were doing. And because of that, I didn't get what I felt was attention. And I felt like I was dismissed a lot, but I, you know, older now I see that they were just, you know, they had to focus on other things and they knew I was okay and, and all of that. But, um, so it's hard for me because I didn't, um, I don't know. It's, it's interesting how God made me the way I am after seeing everything that I came through. And again, no shame on my parents or anything. Yeah, like sure. I totally, I totally feel that, you know, they were doing what they felt they needed to do at that time. But I'm very, um, aware of how my kids are feeling and, mm-hmm. and trying not to be dismissive of how they're feeling or to say, you know, just suck it up and don't cry. And, you know, like, you know, but in the same sense, you know, putting words to what they, they're feeling and to not trust their feelings, you know, it's like, you might feel like this in the moment, but it can't be trusted moving forward. And I don't know, you gotta remember who God made you to be, you know, and what was really the truth and really kind of calming down and not making decisions in anger and things like that. But I don't know if that just comes with being an older mom now versus a younger um, but I feel like my patience might be a little bit different than what it was then, but I don't know. I just, I don't know. That's a tough question, mm-hmm. yeah. Rob. That's yeah. a, it's a tough one. I grew up a little bit differently than maybe yeah. other people did, but 
I'm thankful for it. Like I said, nothing against my parents or anything like that, but I was just, and again, being from that background, I mean, my gosh, I was in counseling when I was in 12. I mean, we did family counseling. We did AA, we did Al-Anon. We did, so talking about our feelings and processing what was going on was like so much a part of who I was and bringing things in the light, you know, I mean, it was, it was just always there and I'm thankful for that, you know, because, you know, I hopefully I'm teaching my kids that, that, you know, it's okay to be who you are and be in what you are, but sometimes your responses, you know, and the way you react isn't quite appropriate, but. Yeah, good. Mm -hmm. Okay. So let's come up for air for a minute and I have a silly question now. Okay. I was going to say, how are you like your dad and your mom, Rob? Like, can we reverse the, um, well, can we reverse the question? Part of it, I think, is generational. I remember um, asking my mom, um, maybe like 10 years ago, I said, Mom, what do you remember teaching us about sex? And she said, nothing. Uh -huh. She said, in her uh -huh. age group, it was just, mm -hmm. you didn't talk to your boys about sex. Really? Yeah. Wow. And so my dad didn't teach us anything about sex, and so we... We learned it the you know the old cliche way like on the streets to like mm -hmm. your other uh -huh. grade school buddies that whole and so mm -hmm. I think part of it was just the era that they grew up it was yeah. just a different outlook on and again you know my dad had served in the military going through the war and stuff like that so it's just mm -hmm. a, a different time and everything so mm -hmm. so are you like a big disciplinarian with your kids um, or were you so I'm in a different season life now I feel like I'm called to unconditionally love my kids no matter what yeah. and that's the legacy that I want to live with my kids mm -hmm. they're both out of the house now right? right so I'm not out to fix mm -hmm. I'm not out to change mm -hmm. either one of my kids I am I value it when they actually come to me with personal mm -hmm. stuff that they want my advice on right. and when my daughter for example wants me to sit down with both her and her boyfriend to talk about important issues between the two of them, I'm just honored that they're inviting me into yeah, a conversation sure. like that. So, right? Yeah. yeah. No, absolutely. So, and then witnessing by how we live our lives, right? As mm -hmm. I'm sure over the past 15 years, the turning point in my life was 15 years ago mm -hmm. when I had a friend who invited me to um, come check out the cross. And so not only... Did that invitation change my life? But then it led to changing my eternity, mm -hmm. which is mm -hmm. a game changer. Mm -hmm. right. right. Well, that's how I've met all all of you. Well, and hopefully you people's lives around you. And when yeah. you talk yeah. about the way that you get to interact then with your daughter, like hopefully because of that meeting, your kids' lives have changed. Yeah. And, yeah. 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 I think it has. That's good. Um, so now for a silly question: Who or what? Is your favorite kid show or kid's character? Oh and for extra points, if you can sing or hum the first few lines of your favorite kid's theme show, you'll get extra credit. Uh, for my kids, that's somewhat educational. It's Daniel Tiger's Neighborhood. Oh, really? It's Daniel Tiger's Neighborhood, the land to make believe. <laughs> get it, don't you? Ride along with me. Ride along! <laughs> See you on the right? <laughs> That's nostalgia for us because it's a spinoff oh of Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood. Oh, Daniel Tiger. Yeah. And his oh, yeah. mom and dad, and you know he go he has Oh the Al is his friend and mm -hmm. Prince yeah. Wednesday is his friend and he yeah. rides a trolley. And what's good about that too, I think, which you guys can probably mm -hmm. agree with, is that is a show that talks about feelings. So mm -hmm. you can be you can have two emotions at the same time, right? You can be I don't know. I mean, mm. my kids say, like, I'm nervous and excited. That's yeah. nerve-sided. But I feel like they get that from, you uh, know, what, because it's uh, always a good message of, <clears throat> you know, you can be this way. And they, they usually have some little jingle with it, you know, that's, yeah. Like, if you have to my go. My kids have watched it in school. Like, the really potty like song was, if you have to go potty, stop and go right away. <laughs> flush and flush and beyond your Yeah, right. So, my kids, you know, like, when they're being potty trained, they, you know, do this. So, anyway, that's one of mine. Or, you know, my kid, my older kids are, I don't watch kids shows anymore, right? But yeah, yeah I catch right. them watching Daniel Tiger with their uh, little sister, yeah, you know, yeah, so yeah. I like Good. that one. Yeah, I don't know if ours have a go-to because mine are getting to that age where they're wanting to 
push the envelope of like now I'm having to like pay attention to what they're flipping. And then like mm-hmm. the yeah. TV's still kind of set at age appropriate, and they kind of get it. And at the same time, I'm finding like, oh, that looks reasonable. And then I hear something in the background. I'm like, oh, maybe not. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so my little guy right now, I thought it was this started like a while ago, and I thought it was the weirdest thing at the time. But he likes turning on YouTube on the TV, but he likes watching other people play with toys. Like mm. Ryan's World. Oh, yeah. yes. Mm. Um, I guess. And all, I mean, all yeah. he's doing is like yeah. playing with the latest toys yeah. and like being silly mm-hmm. and just not doing any, like not doing anything but playing with toys. So um, Tristan really likes that. Mia is just very into mermaids and Barbies and that kind of thing. Um, Jaden is into anime, which makes me nervous. And interested and invested, and I think I'll just leave it at that. Mm-hmm. Um, again, she's just like exploring, and again, because we don't have her 100% of the time, she gets exposed to things that we don't get control of. And mm-hmm. but God's in control, and He knows, yeah, and so amen. we talked to her about that. But um, I don't know. You know, I pray for her and I know, um, we just, you know, I just pray that she has healthy convictions, honestly, is, is the biggest prayer because she's also getting to an age where, um, you know, we're also needing to pull back a little more so she can feel what it make, looks like to make decisions and even make the wrong ones in times where she won't have a huge amount of consequences. Um, and just kind of know what that feels like to know what to do differently next time. So I don't know. So with the whole TV thing, I know that's supposed to be a silly question. I got a little serious. All the no, time. that's okay. That's good. <laughs> um, Take it whatever direction yeah, you want yeah. to. But uh, yeah, so that's where we're at. There's not, I don't think there's anything in particular. Okay. I feel like I know what you're going to say now. Really? Is it? Yes. It's either Blimpy or Coco. Right. right. Oh my Blimpy. gosh. Yes. We're Blimpy. We're Blimpy for Grayson. And I don't even know the BLPPI. I don't even know what his theme song is. I don't know if you guys can like ring off. Um, but then um, Cooper's is, you know, because him and Tristan played all the time. Go, go, Power Rangers. Oh, wow. oh, nice. That's like his like favorite thing right now, which is really weird. But <laughs> yeah, I miss the Daniel, the tiger, the ride along. <laughs> I miss those days because those were great shows. But yeah. Okay. What about your granddaughter? Does she have any shows that she's into right now that you've noticed? Not yet. Typically, whenever we go over there, I don't do anything TV-wise with her. It's always yeah. active. And uh, That's good. I typically, even before it was popular to leave your cell phone out of the car... That's typically where mine stay the Good majority of the time, you. so I'm not distracted by other type of things. I want her to have my total attention. Yeah, and I want us to be doing like, I can't wait till she can start running. Oh, because yeah. that's what I'm going to look forward to. It's like girls <laughs> on the run, stuff like that. Take oh, her yeah. first yeah. 5K. That's going to be fun. That's Sweet. What I'm going to I can yeah, see Actually, that. we're supposed to go for a bike ride this weekend. Oh, so fun. That'll be good. Do you have the tag along bike? Um, this is... While well, my daughter and her boyfriend are waiting for their house to be built, they're staying in an apartment complex where... We can actually, they have rental bikes that we can just take oh, for free oh, from the, cool. the apartment yeah. complex. Yeah. Oh, so, nice. Yeah. It is nice. very, very nice. <laughs> Speaking of nice, let's talk about technology. How do you decide what sort of technology to introduce your kids to and when? Or do you find that society makes those decisions for you? And when do you plan to give your child their own smartphone? Mm-hmm. Or will you opt for something like a gab phone? My girl's got, um, I feel like the third, I was telling somebody this the other day, I feel like my third child sometimes just gets lumped in with the older ones. Like, have I slowed down enough to, like, take in her, you know, youth? You know, she started kindergarten yesterday, and I think about, like, okay, so she's watching these older shows. You know, she likes the Daniel Mm -hmm. Tiger, but, you know, she's watching the older shows with the girls. and, And then my girl's, um... I almost didn't do it, but um, we got them at Christmas. We got on those Echo Dots so that they could, you know, go to sleep to music. Um, and then we got them each a Kindle Fire, so it doesn't have data. You know, you have to be on the Wi-Fi. If they download games, it's on our Amazon account, so mm-hmm. we know what that is. 
they watch YouTube, but we have it subscribed. You know, we have it logged in to our account. So, and we have the parental things on, which I know some people can get around that. Mm-hmm. Um, they don't play on it every day. They usually like on car trips. You know, we'll let mm-hmm. them do that. Special occasions. Yeah. And, like um, and I was kind of hesitant in that because I also just didn't really want them to be glued to that a lot. But, I mean, I haven't felt bad about it, I guess, since then. Um, we, Joel and I, have talked about getting, not letting Aubin have a cell phone at least until 13. Some people have said if you can go all the way through middle school, then it would be better. I mean, there's third graders in my house right now with an iPhone. Yeah. And, you know, Tegan had a, some friends over the other day, and a third grader and a fifth grader and a fourth grader. I mean, they were at the house, but they were playing Roblox, a game, on their phone. And it's mm. just like, why are mm. you here mm. if you're right. not playing? Which then, I walk in, and all the kids are, like, watching her yeah, play sure. a game. And it's like, yeah. you know, so um, we've just said if we can push it back I mean right now with the tablets that they have we did let them get messenger kids it's through Facebook mm-hmm. which it's you know they their accounts are connected to ours so if by chance we leave our oldest at home we don't have a landline and she doesn't have a phone mm-hmm. that she can call us through mm-hmm. the mm-hmm. Facebook messenger yeah. app so we know that she has some sort of communication. Yeah. You know, we have to make sure she it's charged before we leave. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> because sometimes it's right. not really charged. She messaged me but the other day. It was so funny. She yeah. did. Uh-huh. So funny. Yeah, therapist <laughs> or whatever. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so that was that's our response. Yeah. But yeah, girls. our kids have so both of mine have tablets, and both of them are crazy good at how to operate them, and I really felt like particularly my oldest was really getting addicted to it and to and honestly that's like kind of my fault because I find that mommy gets a break when yeah, they get sure. to be on the yeah, tablet yeah, sure. for like go watch your tablet uh-huh. like mm-hmm. I need a break mm-hmm. you know but again right you don't want your kid like or at least I don't want my kids like you know just so on that tablet 24 7 that that's how they medicate themselves or calm down or entertain themselves or whatever like there's some there's so much to be said for exploring and making up a game and playing you know being able to be creative and and all that so I just recently um this past couple months got something called a good timer and I saw it through Facebook but basically it's just a timer and when they hit a certain period then it lets them take a good time it lets them take a token so like for one token, they get 10 minutes of iPad time and man, they work for those suckers. They work for those tokens. And so I find that that's working a lot better, you mm-hmm. know, because even, yeah, cause it's not a fight then either too. When I have to take the iPad away, it's like, you got 10 minutes and that's it. And Sarah's been good about like, I don't even know how to work those tablets and how to like, you know, I had to have Sarah like break it down for me. Like, how does this thing work? And I had them on messenger, but I couldn't figure it out. So I had to take them off. But um, I don't know about the cell phones. That scares me. You know, even the Echo Dot, like, you know, you talk about, you know, your kids so sweet listening to Joy FM. Like I got, I walked into my kid's room and he was talking to some somebody that I had in my contacts on my phone. He had called somebody through that echo. He had called and they were having a conversation. And I was like, I hadn't talked to this person in like two, three years. And he was laughing. And, you know, I was horrified that my kid, I didn't even know that you could call somebody through one of those things. (laughs) Like, and he was like, yeah, you might want to go to the parental settings. I'm like, I didn't even know they had a parental setting. So it's like technology scares me to death. So um, but I definitely worry about where my kids are at and be able to track them. So I have like those little, I even have them on my dogs, but the little trackers, mm-hmm. little I Apple trackers or whatever. And, you know, I just try to keep those in their backpacks or keep them with them just so I at least know where they are. But, oh man, I'm going to try to put off the phone as long as I can. But then again, with that said, you know, I mean, peer influence is a big thing, but I really hope I can wait until they've got some better discernment and, like at that 13 or so age and be able to hold off. But I don't know. I mean, it's become such a thing that I, find I, mean, I don't know. I find that it ebbs and flows. Like yeah. she'll, they'll come home and say, I don't want to get a phone or I want an iPhone 11 Pro or whatever she says right. on commercial. 
And then, you know, she won't say anything for a while. And it's just like, you know, I mean, your dad talked about it. You're not going to get it until whatever. And actually, it makes me aware of how much I'm on it. Because, you know, I'll just be on the couch scrolling Instagram, Mm. right? Mm. I'm scrolling Instagram. The stuff that I follow Uh, is is appropriate. Mm -hmm. But if I go to my search button, there's all kinds of half people and you know it's like oh man like so i just so that they don't see me as like always on instagram because as soon as they get that phone they're gonna they can search whatever they want yeah right and do whatever they want right yeah and i'm just the that hurts me yeah thoughts um are we got tablets also and they're similar to i think what you're talking or you're talking about where they don't have um they're just on Wi-Fi and they have to like download games and you can mm-hmm. do all these settings and stuff. And we we don't give them to them really unless um, we go out to eat, which again, I was, you know, there's part of me that's like, oh, people might, you know, get so irritated with those parents that are like not focused at, you know, restaurants. <laughs> but it's the only time we give it to them because, and we've just like the kids look forward to it. You know, we've set a new rule that when your food actually comes, we're yeah, putting them down, <laughs> but it's how we're yeah. able to go out and have dinner. Um, so at home, you know, again, depending on the day and what's going on, you know, they, they'll definitely watch some TV at home, but we also do stuff outside and I take them out for a lot of activities. I will say again, with having a 16 year old, um, it has been a struggle, um, -hmm. over the past three, four years with her, um, age definitely brings a whole new, um, Set of challenges. Yeah, for sure. For sure. And again, yeah. Um, And it it definitely depends on the person, too. I mean, her personality type and some of the stuff that she um, deals with kind of leans towards that. But Mm -hmm. but we've had issues. And we've had seasons where, you know, we... I don't even remember how old she was when we did give her a phone, now that you're asking. But um, there's been at least two times now where she has been... um, had the internet taken off of her phone and had things taken off of her computer. And, um, it is, it's just disheartening because in a way, like I can't even imagine what it would have been like to be that agent of access to all of this stuff. Right. Like mm-hmm. if we want to look at inappropriate stuff, like we'd have a, like a physical magazine or mm-hmm. something that would have been much more obvious, but for them it's very easy. And, and there's a part of that too, where when we first started realizing some of the stuff that was going on, it's like, you can't shame your child for being curious Right. And yeah. at the same time, how do you also remind them that this isn't God's best for them? And can we talk about some of the things that you're curious about? Um, so, yeah, it's it's been a journey. It continues to be a journey. And now, even at this point, like, and in two years, less than two years, she's going to be out of the house. So how do we continue to let go of some control while still really pressing into the fact that we're your parents and we we want you to learn these things that we feel like are really important for you to be a great person. Um, and at the same time, like you're going to be on your own, you can do whatever you want no matter of like the clock is ticking. So it's just a really, um, interesting line to walk. Um, so yeah, with the little ones in some ways, I feel like there's a level of control, but we've definitely had, um, some experiences to live from, um, yeah, from the older ones. Yeah. So, so you kind of touched on this. How do you deal with the addictive nature of technology? Or do you think technology merely unveils that certain kids have addictive personalities? We'll end part one of today's roundtable discussion with that question. And then pick back up next week with the answer to that question and the conclusion of our conversation. In the meantime, to all our listeners in Podville, thank you for listening. I appreciate each and every one of you. To a special friend of mine, I love you dearly. To all our listeners, thank you for listening. This has been an episode of Real Friends.